0: It's time for The Drive's Top 4 at 4.
1: Hour number two of The Drive underway. It's Fan Run Radio. Time for your top four at four. Tucker Harlan,
2: what do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, number five, Tennessee continues SEC play with a trip to Athens to play Georgia tomorrow in Stegman Coliseum. Tip-off is at noon. The game will air on ESPN2. Kevin Fitzgerald and VFL Dane Bradshaw will have the call. Vols are a seven-point favorite, according to DraftKings.
1: Hmm. Got to go down there and take care of business and get back on this. What is next week? Uh,
2: Florida at home Tuesday? Mm-hmm. And Bama at home Saturday.
1: Oh, ho, 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 ho. big basketball week next week. Yeah, there's no soft spots on this schedule. Oh, man. Seven-point road favorite. Got to find a way to make it happen. Hopefully mm. the boys come out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder.
2: At number two, Alabama has found its next head football coach. Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer is the next head coach of the Crimson Tide. DeBoer is 104-12 in his time as a college head coach and most recently led the Washington Huskies to a national championship appearance. Will so, be interesting.
1: As my friend – Mad Mike points out, just remember, the last time Alabama hired a coach from Washington, he was done after four months for using a university-owned credit card at a strip club and telling a stripper named Destiny to, quote, keep it rolling,
2: baby. Facts only. Roll down, Tide. At number three, 24 hours after Bill Belichick stepped down, the New England Patriots made a decision on their next head coach. Former Patriots linebacker and VFL, Gerard Mayo is the new head coach in Foxborough. Mayo played at Tennessee from 2004 to 2007 and was drafted by the Patriots the following season. He's been the inside linebackers coach for the Patriots the last five seasons.
3: Get was he not, that man a quarterback. Was he inside backers coach and associate head coach? Yep. I thought, he,
2: I thought they made him D.C. I guess they didn't. I don't think he was D.C., you,
1: you think bears and and uh, uh, commanders will probably go quarterback 1 2 the
2: yeah, commanders definitely will see what the bears want to do with fields that's crazy man
3: do you think fields is 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 is, is in your mind is he just a bust now is he beyond i don't know if he's
1: a complete bust but it's certainly trending in that direction bring all this up cuz new england's got the third pick they need quarterback but when 1 and 2 are probably going QB as well, then you're kind of stuck between a rock and a place. Is there a consensus on who the third best quarterback in the draft class is behind Caleb Williams and Drake May? Do you throw- uh, right
4: now it looks like Jaden Daniels I was thinking the same thing. and Michael Penix Jr. Now, I've seen a lot of mocks with Jaden Daniels, but. Gotta get
1: him a QB, man. I I guess probably most likely going to be one of those guys and less kind well, the to trade it. with the Bears and get fields yeah. or move up
3: to select whoever they want. I don't think Daniels has ever played a game in under like below like forty degrees. Right. Played at Arizona and LSU.
1: Yeah, I, I know people weird. want to throw out the Lamar Jackson comparisons but he I hate Lamar Jackson. Lamar's here. just so much sturdier. Mm. Yeah. Lamar's so much better. Mhm. Although, I mean, people made the, the the frail thoughts about Bryce Young and he made it through the entire season without injury playing on a
3: terrible
1: offensive line or in front of a terrible offensive line.
3: Yeah, but how many times did we see this past season Jaden Daniels just Take do, a kill shot. Yeah, willingly. <laughs> he did not do a great job of protecting no. himself. I can't remember who they Like, he, he jumped up in the air like Peter Pan to no, so leap he, over the line. So, and,
4: oh, it was got, three.
3: Or, I mean, Florida State had two of those shots in game one. The worst one was, well, was that Mizzou kid destroyed him. Go ahead, Tucker. And finally, at number four,
2: Alabama wide receiver Isaiah Bond entered his name at the transfer portal Friday becoming the first Crimson Tide player to do so since Nick Saban announced his retirement. Bond was second on the team in receiving yards this season, with 668 also had four receiving touchdowns in their 14 games. He was a sophomore this season. He will have two years of eligibility remaining. Come on up here. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if Tennessee kicks
1: the tires there. Apparently we're kicking the tires on Ryan Williams and... Sure, bring, bring me all the wide receivers. We only play three at a time, and we've already got four or five getting, good ones.
3: Getting Ryan Williams would be that would be a really fun just backhand Alabama.
1: It would be fun, and I'm here for it. But man, like where's where are the defensive linemen? Where are the offensive line? Where, where are the guys? And you well, know, supposedly we're leading for say Lance. Yeah, that's going to be good. But I, I am worried about the defensive line because for all the gnashing of teeth that we're having about the offensive line right now, we're going to be having this on the defensive line side of the ball this time next year. Yep, yep. Sure.
3: The other thing I want – you know, I'm, I've am i still got some concerns about our secondary for sure. Who knows? All I know is we won uh, – Now we won 20 games in the past two years and we're doing good. We got our guy. And Nico's – Getting ready to begin his thing. Weekend blizzard
1: coming for the East Coast as threats of a, quote, bomb cyclone. Oh, there are no threats, buddy. Running rampant right now. Are you ready for the bomb cyclone,
3: Bear? Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) I'm always prepared. I'm
1: ready. Bring it on, bomb cyclone. I got something for you.
3: Towards the end of December, it's been an, uh, an honest Friday, Russ. I'll tell you the truth. Towards the end of December, like when I'm grocery, like I'll start making sure. Because I got caught one time to where I could not get out and had to walk a couple of miles to the store uh, when it snowed. So, typically, I, I try and stock up on certain things. According to AccuWeather.com,
1: the bomb cyclone or a storm system undergoing bombogenesis was uh is that a real scientific uh, term yes in simple terms bombogenesis is a storm or low pressure area that undergoes rapid strengthening the vast majority of such storms occur over the ocean storm can be tropical or non-tropical in nature Hmm. other common phrases for the bombogenesis include weather bomb or simply
3: bomb cyclone i've heard bomb cyclone primarily. I've never heard of any of these. <laughs> I've, I've never, heard, never of heard, heard of Bomb Cyclone. Cyclone. What at,
1: Bomb Cyclone? What, yeah, I've th- heard of this it. This is the first year I've heard of that. What was the what we had the winter the polar
4: vortex. Polar vortex. Jesus. A good one. So I was at
3: a job. That's the last time I was working like uh, kind of constructed. I was working outside during the polar vortex. Was that that was November, December and January of 2013 and 14 absolutely oh, we had brutal. a we had a polar vortex last year the year before. oh yeah not, not like that one that was a
4: long that was like two weeks or something where it was know, just that crazy lasted,
3: it did not get above 20 degrees for like two weeks
2: it was zero on christmas eve last year in nashville i remember that
3: get a little frosty so the
1: game tomorrow in kansas city is supposed to be just absolutely frigid
3: it, negative negative
4: twenty eight with wind chill. I saw negative thirty one, so yeah, something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah, I saw they used the word uh, dangerous, mm-hmm. dangerous conditions. And then in Buffalo. Is so screwed. Buffalo's getting <laughs> a foot you had of to snow do
2: was win that game. And you host. And you host. You don't have to play in that.
3: With their with their all pro Samoan quarterback via uh Hawaii and then Tuscaloosa. Yeah.
2: Do You think
1: Tua goes out there with no sleeves to show everybody what a tough guy he is? <laughs> No, I think they'll have to have him packed in some kind of thermal blanket. <laughs> I, I remember when the, the year the 49ers went to the Super Bowl with Kaepernick, mm-hmm. they had to play Green Bay and Lambeau. And it was one of those games where it was something like five degrees at kickoff, and
3: Kaepernick went up there with no sleeves. A lot of guys do that because they don't like, um, they want to feel the ball against their their skin that's what she said exactly
1: let's get westchester in here next good afternoon westchester you're on the drive it's fan run radio
5: cue the music russ cue the music cue the music
1: what, what am i a dj over here i'm taking requests
3: oh you know i have no idea none of us do it's getting really hey, awkward tri- buddy uh,
5: cue the Randy Travis. Let's go.
3: The smoke's all moving.
1: You want an I told you so? Oh, absolutely. For what?
5: Saving. Told you guys he was retiring. No one would believe me.
3: You said it every year. <laughs> you literally said that every single damn year. Dude. <laughs> I, that's three years. I said it three hey, years. Well, hey, hey, out out three an I said it three years. You don't get an I told you so. Okay?
1: We get an I told oh, you hold so. Hold, hold, hold on. One. You throw the same take against the wall <laughs> by your own admission three years in a yeah. row it finally sticks and now you want to call in and get it an i told you so that's not the yeah, way yeah. this game they're, works west there
2: are 12 other fan bases that have said the same thing for years if you if you
5: do one out of three if you hit, get a hit uh one out of three times in major league baseball that's a success you're an all star. <laughs> <laughs> One out of three for Saban? Come on, he should have retired last year. Obviously, is, you know
3: what? This is sad, this, even for you. This is—I mean, this, this is a new
5: low. This is not a You're sharp hit. You really not going to give me the "I told you so"? No. I've been—I've been—I've been dying for this since he retired. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to call and tell Russ how how wrong he was that he just didn't believe me that that he was going to retire. Uh, the third year, he, he really got
4: you there, Russ. Sh- show of
1: hands in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Does Westchester deserve? And I told you so. For, and I don't even remember him saying this uh, once, let alone three times, that Nick said, when, when do you claim to have said this most recently?
5: Oh, uh, like right after we played him this year. It doesn't matter. He's gone next year anyway.
3: You, I mean, you do realize that I, I have, you know. Yeah, I only
1: take about 100 calls a week, Westchester. I can't remember every, <laughs> you know, asinine prediction
3: people throw out there. And you right. know, in hopes of getting, I told you, no, you do not get an I told you so. On them. Bear says no, Tucker.
4: Yeah, that's going to be a hard no for me. I just want to hear the sound clip, but I totally get why you might not want to play it. I kind of want to hear it too.
3: Do not give him an I told you so. Oh, no,
4: fire it, fire it,
5: hit it. But uh go on, Move on to the hire, since you guys are going to deny me my can't do it my uh i can't do it
3: this isn't nom, westchester there are rules buddy
5: some things are sacred I'm you, uh bear some, bear some credit he had a really good already nickname for debose what did you call him at the uh, in the last hour
3: i mean deboo we've got several there's uh there's I, the leader in the clubhouse we is can't one. say on here yeah we can can you can we say i like i like yeah. that
4: dumbass
5: is that it? Is that can we put the that dumbass? One out? The, no, the dumbass, that's name
3: yeah. The boner's a pretty good one. <laughs> the,
5: the boring, but he'll probably not be a boring coach. You know, plays on the B. I don't know. I don't like dumbass. Anyway, um, or the failure, because the thing is, Alabama's making a mistake. Maybe, maybe this is the Tennessee in me when I say this, but. You don't want to be the guy to replace the guy. You want to be the guy to replace the guy that replaces the <laughs> yeah. guy. That's why Kiffin is a genius for not taking this job. Because they, whoever replaces Nick Saban, that's an impossible job. Is it not? I mean, it doesn't matter how uh, how unsuccessful he's been for the last two years. They're going to forget all about that. You know, they're be bringing him and his kids out at halftime twice a year. And, you know, you've already got a, a bad loss on your schedule to somebody you shouldn't have lost to. I mean, this is... This is a recipe for disaster for the Bows. Is that let me, uh, remotely fair?
3: I mean, let me tell th- you, you brought up Kiffin again, and it, it's something I've been wanting to throw at uh, you you three guys here and Westchester as well. You think Kiffin may have learned, you know, because he said in the years since, he's pretty much admitted that if he could go back, that he probably wouldn't leave Tennessee mm-hmm. the way he did. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if we're not that. He would do that again, because that's essentially what he'd be doing. I mean, just be. I mean, I know he's been there for a few years, but still,
5: I I think he didn't leave because I've seen pictures of his girlfriend, and she doesn't like Alabama. And she didn't want to go back there or go there. And I I wouldn't move if, if she didn't want to move. I mean, she's she's a freaking Mississippi ten.
3: That's a. They are solid down there, but what you know, I don't care how. What how's the old saying go, Russ? I don't care how good looking she is.
1: Somebody out there that's freaking sick of her.
3: <laughs> sick of listening <laughs> to that? Yeah.
5: Well, I mean, you don't have to have an underage co ed in Lexus to anyway, moving on. Um the uh I don't know, I just think that uh I'm not I'm not worried about this supposed hire. It's not a cultural fit, it's not a it's not a good fit. It it, it won't work out. Um, it, Alabama finishes with finishes no better than fourth in the revamped SEC next year. Mark the tape. Check it or wreck it. Fourth for Alabama next year.
4: We'll have the I told you so
5: ready. But you ain't <laughs> getting it off. You, you,
3: you aren't getting it for saving retiring.
5: There's no way. I, I deserve it, and you know I do. You're just making it personal. No. I'm the only one... Besides, besides Jake Miller on these airways, that said Saban was going to retire because the game is passing by because he can't recruit a third string quarterback and sit him on the bench anymore just to keep him from going somewhere because now he can transfer.
1: All right, Westchester, you get it. Here you go.
5: Even though you really didn't.
1: Are you happy? Are you happy now? Because this is what else down you on get. My stuff stay with us the drive continues mike griffith of the griff the ajc coming up next right here on fan run radio we're back with more right after this the drive ah this is fan run radio the drive continues Mike Griffith covers Georgia for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. DogNation.com is the website. You can go read his work. Follow him on X at MikeGriffith32. Griff, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Doing great. Man, what a day. What a week in college football. Did you see it coming when the bomb dropped? Saban retiring a couple days ago?
0: Um, you know, not, not at that exact time, but when you took a look at how you know, college football was kind of passing him by. This model, uh, he doesn't have the inherent uh, recruiting advantages that he had. I mean, he, he lost his streak against Tennessee last year. He lost his home streak against Texas this year. Um, he hasn't won a championship uh, in three years. Um, he got out physical by Michigan. I mean, the writing was on the wall that you know that, that Alabama uh, was in decline.
1: And now, Kalen DeBoer has been chosen as his successor that is a I mean, you, you look at DeBoer's bio Griff and there's no doubt he's been a success but uh big shoes to fill and man that is a drastic personality culture and style change from what they've become accustomed to there
0: yeah I mean you know Brian Harson vibes right I mean here's a guy that's had success other places and you wonder how or if it translates to the SEC and if it translates in the Alabama football building, um, and I was talking with Jamie Chadwell yesterday, um, Tennessee guy, You a know, guy you'll probably see in the SEC in the next year or two or three, I'd say. And he was explaining how it's harder to take over a successful program sometimes than a, a program that hasn't won now because they're used to doing things a certain way and they've had success doing it. So uh, it, it's going to be a challenge for coach. Um, you know, He's going to make a lot of money. He's going to have a big buyout and, and time will tell if he can stand the test of time in Tuscaloosa. Uh,
1: you had a piece uh, that you wrote where you said Steve Spurrier said whoever Alabama hires to replace Nick Saban will last, quote, two to three years. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think that's going to be the situation
0: with DeBoer? Well, I mean, you know, if you just look at the track record, you know, and you know, I talked with Coach Spurrier again today. Um, I do his award every year uh, down there in Gainesville. Um, gotten to know him pretty well. Uh, and, and really, we're just talking about track records here. You know, you look at the guy that replaced Spurrier at, at Florida, Ron Zook. Uh, you look at the guy that replaced Urban Meyer at Florida. Um, you look at the coaches that tried to replace Paul Bear Bryant. Um, and you look at Tennessee, you know. It, it, they, it's taken it until Josh Heupel before I think you really felt on solid footing. And Lane Kiffin turned out to be a, a nuclear spill in one year. And, and Derek Dooley had that cloud over him, so we don't really know what he could have done with the clean slate. And, you know, Bush Jones had moderate success, but wasn't able to sustain it. Um, and then, uh, you know, Jeremy Pruitt came in and recruited some really talented guys, obviously. I think 17 of the 22 starters on that number one Tennessee team Jeremy recruited, including Andy Hucker. Um, You know, but, but he got uh, off the rails with uh, in the compliance area. So it's more challenging to replace Hall of Fame coaches than, than meets the eye, for sure.
1: Well, and at that place, as you well know, having covered it, Griff, like <laughs> patience is not a word that is in their vocabulary. Uh, there, there will be no honeymoon or oh, yeah, give them a, a year zero or something like that. Uh, they're going to expect to win right away, and it's a tough schedule, yeah. man. They play at Wisconsin, they play Georgia at home next year, at Tennessee.
0: They got some tough games. They do, and 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 you know, let's face it. You wonder if there is. Uh... I don't know if bias is too strong of a word, but when someone's not from the southeast, uh, it, it, it's a, it's tough to prove it. You know, I mean, I, I was born in Mobile, Alabama, and I still had people. You know, you know, I didn't I didn't have enough of an accent for some people. I <laughs> guess I don't know what to say about that. But it's it's tough when you're not perceived as is as, is as, uh, one of the tribe, so to speak, right? And here's this, you know, like, I I, I so I use Brian Harson as a comparison. I mean, this guy was never truly accepted. At Auburn, he never really got off the ground. And I think, you know, the the key for Coach to is going to be his hiring. Uh, can he hire people that can recruit in the Southeast that have relationships? Does he bring his entire staff? Is it a different game now? Maybe it's not as important as it was now that there's transfer portal and NIL inducements. Maybe, um, you know, transfers and free agent signings kind of trump, uh, you know, incoming freshmen. Right, I mean, I don't know that the, the, the Tennessee quarterback gets an eight million dollar deal coming out of high school anymore, like he did before. Now that you can go in the portal and get one, um, you know, for you know, roughly you know, three or four million a year for the premium ones, or one or two million uh, for capable starters. Right, so there's a lot of new dynamics that may work in his favor, uh, but at the end of the day, I think the expectations are still going to be there.
1: I guess I always just sort of thought, Griff, that. They would find somebody from the Saban tree who you know if if, maybe not a a Kirby or a Pruitt that you know ran his defensive system, but somebody that was uh, you know just used to his way of doing things, that Saban system. And uh, I'm kind of surprised that they not only did did not do that, but I mean this is uh, again he he's successful, but very much not of the Saban tree.
0: Well, there were some of those. Guys. I mean, Dan Lanning, they, thats who they wanted. He said no. I mean, he's he's got a limitless budget at Oregon. and He understands the expectations in Tuscaloosa. So Dan Lanning said no. I mean, that's the guy, I and mean, that's that's the guy everybody wants to be their next head coach. Uh, but right now he's he's Team Nike. He's got Nike money. He's going to be in the Big Ten, and Dan is you know Dan's got something to do you know something to prove up there. But that's that's everybody's number one. Um, you know, Sarkeesian, I, I don't. Is Texas, is Texas is arguably a better job than Alabama right now, when you consider their resources um, and, and their in-state and what they can do in-state, is their ability to recruit that state and number of prospects. So I'd say Texas is probably a better job. So why would why would Sark leave? Uh, you know, Norvell at Florida State. I mean, he just you know he, he leveraged it for a more job security. They love him down there. Um, you know, it's, you know you can argue whether FSU is a better job than Alabama. Uh, probably not long-term, but maybe for the short-term for Mike Norvell, it is. Um, you know, he, he gets an extension and all this money the day after we find out they've got these recruiting violations that are, you know, going to cost them, you know, a few scholarships, and their assistant coach can't coach for three games or whatever, their offensive coordinator. And, uh, yeah. I don't think it would have flown well to have a guy coming in after 63-3 lost to Georgia either, so good for Norvell that, and or Jimmy Sexton or whoever negotiated that deal. So you you were running out of bodies, and then And then the real dynamic thing that no one's talking about because, well, because no one's talking about it is that Dabo Sweeney is the most qualified guy out there that would have taken the job. He's a two-time champion. He's a former player, but there's those inner politics playing out. Dabo's not a Jimmy Sexton guy and the new administration doesn't want the old Alabama there, even though Dabo is probably the most qualified guy and the guy that I think would have given them the best chance for success. So, um, you know politics, right? I mean, we, we've seen that play out at Tennessee. We've seen it play out at Georgia. We've seen it play out everywhere. So politics kept Dabo Sweeney out of it. So, so we've got a bit of an experiment here. You know, you're bringing somebody in from the outside, and um, you know he'll think or swim and vice. Like Brewer said in the next two or three years, and if he makes it, then you know the AD made a genius hire. And if he doesn't, it's a it's a quick and easy cleanup because he's not from this region and he'll go back away.
1: You really think Dabo would have taken the job if offered?
0: I don't have any doubt he would have taken the job. I reported that he was interested. I reported he was interested in the A and M job. There's no question he would have taken the job.
1: Well, there's a lot. Of, you know, people say they're interested in in the job and he, then end up uh, played on the '92 team. Driving up their their price and getting a, a raise. I'm sure Mike Norvell no. and Lanning said they were interested in the job.
0: No, no, Lanning never said he was interested. Lanning doesn't play those games. Lanning is the real deal. Lanning, Dan Lanning, mark it down. He is the real deal. This guy doesn't play games. This guy doesn't need to leverage. He's working for Mr. Knight uh, at Oregon. I say no more. And, and he is one heck of a coach and one heck of a person. He is the real deal. He doesn't need to play those. Guys. I don't know if Norvell played the game, probably, maybe. I don't know if Sark or any of these other guys played the game. Lanning don't play no games. Dabo uh, is an Alabama guy. Dabo lived in Bryant Hall and had his mother moved in there with him because of the issues that he had in his personal life. That is his family. Alabama is Dabbles, make no mistake about it. You cut this guy open, he bleeds Alabama Crimson. I mean, there's nobody more Alabama than Dabbles Sweeney. And what he did at Clemson was fantastic. Um, you know, two time national champion, the football building, uh, you know, the family environment. He built a system but but the system's changed, guys, and the game's changed and, and the A C C is the thinking ship, right? You can go undefeated and not get in and your television contract doesn't get you the kind of money that the Big Ten and the SEC is Gets you so uh, he'd absolutely leave that job for
1: Alabama. Last thing on Dabo do do you think that his reluctance to engage in the transfer portal and his public comments about NIL and how he's not a fan do you think that probably you know soured any Alabama yeah. interest there might have been?
0: Well, it just it, it soured his image, but the politics were you know old school versus new school Alabama. It, it soured it, but you know what I find is ironic. Um, is that while we'll hold that against him, we're not going to hold Lane Kiffin's background against him. We're not going to hold Hugh Freeze's. If we really want to dig deep and ask you know, character questions, do you really want to compare Dabo Sweeney to Hugh Freeze and tell me who's got character issues and who's got a worse track record? So there's more to it than that. Now We can say that, and they can stage some stupid rally, which that was absolutely orchestrated in Alabama. Or we can have some idiot call the fine-bomb show and say whatever but that the guy was absolutely blackballed. And you know what it looks like when you see it, guys. Um, and, and it's unfortunate. I feel bad for college football. That's who I feel bad for because we deserve to see it. But, but you know what? It's okay. You know, what do they say? Every 100 years, the, the, the forest has got to burn. And that's kind of the approach I took with Tennessee. Every time I'd, I'd, I'd look at the Vols and I'd think about the fan base and, and I'd say this shouldn't be that way at Tennessee. It should never be that way at Tennessee. The Tennessee that I covered uh, from 1998, uh, to 2005 as the football beat guy and through 2012. That's not the Tennessee that it should be. I've always said that, um, you know, but every now and then programs go through a cycle. Unfortunately, uh, Tennessee had extremely bad leadership with uh, DePietro and Sheik. that um, didn't understand the, the dynamics of sports. And as Coach Fulmer used to say, you know, it all flows from the top. Now you've got a very strong president there. You've got an incredibly talented athletic director, You've got your facilities are caught up. You've got fantastic coaches in place, and and great days are ahead for Tennessee. Um, Clemson, on the other hand, appears to be cycling down. Um, And and, and Alabama, quite frankly, I I think will also cycle down in football. I think DeBoer is a fantastic coach and tactician, but that's not the question here. The question is, is who is his friends, and will he be sabotaged from within like other coaches who've come in from the outside?
1: Talking with Mike Griffith of the AJCDogNation.com this afternoon. And Griff, uh, if Alabama indeed does cycle down, there would be a lot of teams. Tennessee and the team you cover, Georgia, hoping to fill the void and move up at the tide's expense. I see Georgia getting a lot of love. A lot of number one preseason predictions already for the Dogs as they look to bounce back and go after their third title in four years. How's the – future looking down there in Athens
0: well they were projected number one before Nick Saban resigned and frankly they would have been number one if they didn't have to play three top 25 teams in a row in November I mean look at look at who Georgia finished with they finished with Missouri uh which beat Ohio State in a bowl game then they played Ole Miss which beat Penn State in a bowl game then they played at Tennessee which beat Iowa 35 to zero and then they played a a Georgia Tech team that that spends 365 days a year trying to beat them which also won their bowl game over Gus Melzahn. That was their finishing kick in November. And they were missing you know they were their two best players, McConkey and Bowers were both slowed and and they lose by three points. in a game where Jalen Milro doesn't make a mistake, take a picture of that. So you know that that was a perfect storm and and you know they lost. they lost the twenty nine game win streak ended. um they were fatigued, they looked slow. They were refreshed, and you know they looked different against Florida State. I think we'd say, and I don't know if they'd have beaten Michigan, but they were certainly uh, the SEC's best team uh, over the course of the year, and probably in the postseason. As for next year, um, listen, I, I give people a word of warning. They, they don't, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear the truth. The old Jack Nicholson line: "You can't hear the truth." And maybe sometimes I say too much of it for my own good. That's that's probably been something I've done too much in my career. But I guess it makes for good radio. But, but I tell I make the Georgia people, I say, i got a cautionary tale for you. Yeah. Um, I, I watched Philip Fulmer in Tennessee beat Steve Spurrier in the swamp in 2001, and Spurrier was off to the NFL. And myself, along with 500,000 people in Knoxville, thought it was time for Tennessee to take over now that Spurrier was finally gone. That's what we all thought. Yep. That's how it was in 2001. It was finally going to be Tennessee's time because the evil genius, Steve Spurrier, was moving on. And along came Mark Ricks in Georgia. And for whatever reason that Palmer's dominance over the dogs didn't last. Like, what did he beat him nine years in a row at some point or something like that? And, and and Casey Clawson got hurt at the wrong time, and David Green came out of the shadows, and David Pollock turned into a monster, and and somehow Georgia became that team that was in the way of Tennessee assuming the greatness that we felt like they were on. So so while a lot of Georgia fans probably feel that way, and I understand why. I mean Kirby Smart is fantastic; he's on top of his game uh he's he's absolutely a maniacal when it comes to winning the talent is there but tennessee had all that too um so i, I just say and, and i know kirby's not counting his chickens either that's the one thing i'll say about kirby smart is there is no sense of complacency with his cat um he is he's is an absolute man eater uh, there's not a minute of his day wasted um it, the, there's the next game is the most like every minute like i, I did read a show down here the other day they said well you know, we're kind of a time of the year is maybe not as important as others.
5: What do you, I said, well,
0: well, wait a minute. Did you forget that Kirby Smart, every day counts. Every day counts. Even if it is a scheduled date off, it is calculated to refresh you and make you more powerful. There is no such thing as not an important time of the year in SEC football if you're going to be on top of this league. Because when you ain't working, somebody else is. And Let me tell you, everybody sees Josh Heupel coming. When I talked with Spurrier today, he loves Josh Heupel. You know, he gave Josh that award uh, that year that Josh and, and Shane Beamer split the Spurrier Award. That, that was because the head coach liked both of those guys. Tennessee's got their guy now, and they've got their model to get players. There's no reason for Tennessee not to be winning national championships over the next three or four years. You can get whoever you want. You have all the money that you need. You have the best facilities in the game, and you have one of the top five coaches in college football. Right. So nobody at Georgia in that football building is assuming anything, guys. Nobody.
1: Nothing to any of this Kirby to the NFL talk that flares up this time of year, right?
0: Wishful thinking. They used to do that with Coach Flummer when he was on top of his game, too. They used to do that with Saban. No, Kirby ain't going anywhere. Sorry. Uh, he, somebody's going to have to go through the front door and beat him. And, oh, by the way, there are no active coaches in college football that have beaten Kirby since 2018. What? Okay, You've got to go back to 2017. Yeah, there's nobody left. All right, <laughs> Saban's retired. Who's beat him since that? Dan Mullen's out of the game. The only two coaches that have beaten Kirby Smart uh, since the 2018, uh, the the end of the 2018 season, are Dan Mullen and Nick Saban, and they're gone. Wow, that's
1: um, that's pretty amazing. Mike Griffith with us this afternoon on the program. Griff, uh, Tennessee coming down to the Steg tomorrow, Rick Barnes bringing his boys down there. Uh, how is Georgia basketball? You know, why, why can't they get any traction down there? Is it just football consumes everything, just sucks all the air out of the room down there?
0: Georgia has won one regular season SEC basketball title since the SEC started in 1941. Did you hear that? They just yeah. don't care. Hmm. No, I didn't say that. I'm telling you their history. They've won one regular season. They won a tournament when there was a tornado in 2007. Mm -hmm. Here's an interesting trivia question you can stump your friends with, (laughs) although nobody will care as soon as you say Georgia basketball. But Georgia has won 10 straight games right now, which is the longest winning streak since the 1940s, when a guy by the name of Ralph Shug Jordan was their basketball coach. And if you're wondering if that's the same guy that coached football at Auburn and is on their stadium, the answer is yes. So they've won ten in a row. Now, that said, I'll be at the game to cover it tomorrow. I I haven't seen Coach Barnes in a while. I look forward to seeing him. I enjoyed covering him those couple of years uh, back in Knoxville, one of the Hall of Fame coaches I covered. Um, you know, I'll watch the ball get tipped and you know, and then I'll you know, I'll watch Tennessee win by fifteen or whatever. Didn't they didn't they play uh, at like an old miss team that was like thirteen and all this year or something like that?
1: Yeah, they bludgeoned Old Miss in Knoxville yeah. over the weekend and then lost mm-hmm. at Mississippi State. So, I mean, uh,
0: the the hump is Starkville's is a, a nasty trip. They might have had some, you know, bad uh what a chicken fried steak or whatever. That's a tough road <laughs> trip. The hump is a tough place. I've seen really good teams. I saw these pro teams uh get in some battles there. Um, you know, sometimes when you play in those smaller, more remote arenas, it's harder for a team like Tennessee to get up. I mean, this is a this is a final four team. Uh, this is a team with national championship uh, talent and coaching. Um, you know, so it, listen, you, you can't get up for every game. And, and when you're this good and this star-studded, it's hard to get up for a team like Mississippi State. But all Rick Barnes has got to do is wave this 10-game winning streak in front of his guys and convince them there's something to play for. And Georgia will provide the hostile environment that these guys need to get their pulse rate up, and they will absolutely destroy Georgia. They will win by 15 points or more tomorrow. while.
1: Wow. There you have it. Griff says, Take the balls and the seven points.
0: Wait, is that all it is? That's what we saw earlier. <laughs> that's what we saw earlier. Listen, Georgia Georgia's been playing tough. And and they got I, I you know, they they've gone out and they've got a pretty they got some kids that are playing hard and they work well together. Uh they got some good well they got Blue Kane. This is a kid from Knoxville. I think end yep. up going through IMG. He's a really nice player. He really is impressive. I, I'm surprised that he's not at Tennessee, but but they they have some really good players. They play well together. Um, but they listen, guys. They haven't they haven't played a team like this. I mean, they played a pretty good Oregon team that, that that handled them good. But this winning streak. I mean, they beat a Steve Forbes Wake Forest team that was missing two starters. They went on the road and beat Florida State. They went on the road and beat a, a poor Missouri team. They beat an Arkansas team that's trying to find themselves. They have not seen and Mike and listen, Mike White knows this. I, t- I talked to Mike. I went up to Knoxville for the game last year, and uh, I talked with Mike uh, after the game, and he said he thought last year's Tennessee team was Rick's best and could win the national championship. So I was, you know, after this last game, he's saying, "Look, this this Tennessee team." And, and when people say, "Well, what are you going to do now?" And That's usually where the coach, you know, Bruce Pearl would say, "Hey, come on out, we're going to win this game." No, Mike White's not saying that. Mike White's saying, "Oh yeah, these guys are really, really good. This is an opportunity for us." Right, Mike. Mike White knows what's coming. He's been a, he's been around the league, guys. He knows what Rick Barnes' teams look like. Um, like I said, this this Tennessee team. When I saw them against Michigan State, I said, No, no, this this team's cut different. These guys are different, man. Um, T- Georgia hasn't seen anything like this. They, they, they could play their best game and still lose by five. The Tennessee is so good um, when they want to be, and they're going to want to be because it's going to be in front of a packed house against a team's won ten in a row
1: well uh tennessee needs it coming off the loss should be a interesting one tomorrow at the stag griff always appreciate the time thanks for jumping on with us have yourself a wonderful weekend all right guys enjoy see you at mike griffith 32 on x the ajc dog com. go check him out there at um I feel like we're, Tennessee getting a little sandbag treatment right there from Griff. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I'm not feeling this 15 point win tomorrow. I think Tennessee should win, but they just beat Arkansas by 10.
4: Was that Ad- No, that was at
1: Georgia, yeah, it was right? Georgia.
2: Yeah. I I have no idea with Arkansas though because they just suffered their. They did this last worst.
1: year where they they stumbled out of the gates. Yes, mm-hmm.
2: they did lose their worst or suffer their worst margin of defeat ever in Bud Walton Arena though. On Saturday,
1: mm. that is, doesn't seem like uh, that muscleman guy to have it fall apart on him like that. I w- wonder what's going on down there.
3: I thought their recruiting had been not really
1: gotten any good play. Too. Yeah,
2: it has been. Yeah, yeah. they always He's get these guys master. from the mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. every year. Mm.
1: Quick timeout. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Back with more right after this. The, the drive. Brand. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues. Mike Griffith, DogNation.com. Bear, what did you learn?
3: He's still one of my favorite guests. Uh, learned a lot that uh, Kirby wasn't even thinking about taking that Falcons job, even if they're going to double his salary. Ah, we knew that, though. Uh, what else? Um, the one thing I wanted to ask him, just to get his opinion on, is how he thought. And I guess you can kind of fold that into the whole Brian Harson thing. But the biggest question for me is, How is this guy going to handle the pressure, Caleb (laughs) Debose, as Westchester called him? (laughs) Is
1: I are are you guys buying him? You know he's insisting that Dabo Swinney would have taken the Alabama job.
3: Oh yeah, I guarantee you he would. And the one thing that I would have said there, um, I think that Dabo was the only other coach that just by taking that job would understand completely what he was walking into as far as the fan base mm-hmm. goes, the expectations. These people have been crazy for 75 years down there about this.
1: Yeah, I feel like Griff and I were talking past each other a little bit when you know, I, I was making the point that I, I, it, it seems like my read on it from the outside, and a lot of people have made this point, is that Dabo's unwillingness to embrace NIL – and the trans, and the transfer portal as methods to build a program yes. was going to be a non starter for the Alabama people as it would be for every most other major program. Other, right. yeah. programs with the possible exception of Vanderbilt, although I don't I mean, they're engaging in this stuff too. So Ed, but he, Griff kind of took that as like well, he he made this Hugh Freeze comparison about the personalities and everything. That's I don't get that I know some people will point towards Dabo and say he uses his Christianity as a crutch and an insincere sales pitch. He's with, kind of Bobby Bowdenish I mean, you know, whether you believe that or not, I don't think that's preventing him from getting the Alabama job. I think it's his unwillingness to embrace NIL
3: and the portal. Exactly. Like you're, I'm in lockstep with you on that. Interesting and that he thought up.
4: that was a coordinated – poison pill with the well, little yeah. rally at the statue that was kind of
3: yeah i didn't want to get, <laughs> i got kind of get odd. into that but uh that was university sponsored is
1: well that I, I could it? see it being uh, what his his overarching point about it being political and there are people oh, there sure. in, uh, mm. alabama and i guess uh, bear jr might well, might yeah, scoff at some of that stuff i, I get like hey listen we, we've moved beyond this the whole the reason we were able to get back is because we finally cut ties Mm. with the Bear stuff. And we'd been trying to rekindle that and recoup that. And This is what Tennessee women's basketball is going to have to do, I I believe, if they ever want to get back to being the the Final Four, is cut ties with the Pat tree. As painful as that is, and as much as I hate to say that, you have to do what Alabama did and say, we're going to go hire the best football coach. Exactly. And so I understand they they've done that for seventeen years, and it's like, well, we're not going to go back and and hire a guy just because. And Dabo's not Dabo paid for played for Stallings, mm-hmm. so I guess you could say he's a grandson of the the bear lineage, but they're not going back to that tree. I, I can see why they would not want to do that.
3: Yeah, but I mean, it's I think they. I think they honestly got the best guy out of this whole group, it, but it's just, I mean, it's a crapshoot. How's he going to adjust to having, you know, Saban could either mentor this guy and teach him uh, how to do it, you know, the way he, certain ways he would operate that could really benefit this guy, or it it could get ugly quick. having I mean, dude's got an office in there. Surely he's not going to be hanging out down there. He apparently yeah. told the players, I can get on your ass
4: just as easily from up in my office as I could down on the field. It sounded like he's going to have some eyes on the program. Big brother is watching. Yeah,
3: that's another reason I wouldn't have taken him. I'd be like, no, man, I'll step in Seattle with Starbucks. and As a know.
4: coach, and I know he's Nick
1: Saban, he's not just any other coach, but you would think as a, as a coach's coach. You a, know that. Yeah, you, don't you know how awkward and – Invasive especially that must the, feel
3: to your replacement, especially when the the entire fan base will side with Saban yeah. over their uh-huh. current oh. head coach. Yeah. Right.
1: Can we just go ahead, Kalen? I got Nick it. Told him, Russ.
3: Just go ahead and let Nick take the team over again. Tell, tell Kalen he can go on home for the day. Nick's got it. <laughs> Nick's got it. <laughs> this wouldn't happen if he just listened to Nick. I may not have left the drive to take the head coaching job at Alabama. That's how. <laughs> that's how much. Just what a crappy job I think that really is. Like, is Saban going to be doing weekly radio hits
4: in Tuscaloosa where they're asking him about, "Oh, what'd you think of that third down call?" Like, well, out of blitz, but
3: I don't See? know. See, Saban you- would blitz. I told you the board don't have it. Did you go down that roster of car dealerships that dude has? He's got like twenty six. Checks out. He may have a Ferrari dealership.
1: Asking the question, does Kalen DeBoer as Alabama's new coach scare you? I think Vol and SC puts it the way I tried to put it earlier. Maybe he does a better job here. Scared? No. Happy about it?
3: Also no. No, I think they they hired a, you know, I mean the guy. What's his record? coach. And
1: Twelve. They're, they're probably the only school in the country that could have gotten him to leave Washington.
3: Yes, maybe,
1: maybe one of the Florida schools if there are no
3: impediments. But e- I don't even I, I, know about yeah. Florida schools. Maybe Georgia. I don't know. Maybe it is just Alabama. That's the top brand. But, but there's also a lot of truth to you know what Reggie Bush said on that thing, like playing fields. It's at its most level it's been in in my lifetime, as far as with Alabama specifically.
4: Yeah, I just saw a tweet too that like there was a little bit of an NIL discount for Saban. Oh yeah, yeah. Players were willing to take slightly less to go to Alabama to be coached by him, and that is gone. Yeah, that
1: that's a great point. It's what uh, apparently John Wilner. I guess he's a West Coast sports radio personality on the Feinbaum show, said, quote, there's no longer a Saban discount when it comes to players taking less NIL money to come to Alabama. That's one of the biggest things Kalen DeBoer will have to navigate. That's a great
3: point. Yeah. You Do, could did se- you see the number what Nick Saban's – like his players that he's put in the NFL collectively?
4: That's what I was going to bring up. Did you see the graph of it's, – it's offensive and defensive players drafted – and how much money they made in their career. But the bottom line, it's eye, it's, it's, it's Alabama, and then you come way back to the pack, and then there's kind of everybody else.
3: $2.2 2 billion dollars in
4: contracts.
1: Our friend Wes Franklin says, so it's going to cost more than a Dodge Charger to get recruits for the Tide now. Pretty good one from Wes. $1. You, you did
4: see that the last Dodge Charger was built in 2023. They're no longer making them. Oh, yeah. End of an era. It, maybe that's why Saban said, <laughs> I'm out of here. Changing
3: of the guard. What what were those guys in G-Wagons and, and Mercedes Benzes? I mean, that's those are the dealership. He's dealership. most of them are Benz.
4: What does he have? Dealerships. Five Does he have five? He's got Mercedes ten, dealerships.
3: I'm not sure how the breakdown is. He's got I saw that it was like 26 and I really think I just glanced through it. I was in a rush, but I, I could have sworn I, I thought I saw the Ferrari Stallion. I mean, some of these kids are pulling up Lamborghinis. Yeah. uh,
4: Was that the Texas kid?
3: Could you imagine being 18 years old and somebody handing you the keys to a Lamborghini? No. No. (laughs) No, I I could not. I'm trying to figure out how fast I'd wreck it. I mean, is it even really safe for an 18-year-old to be driving around? Probably not.
4: I feel like those kind of cars, that takes some- Things can do like 200 miles an hour. Pretty quickly at that.
1: 865-546-8200, your number if you want to get on the show this afternoon. 546-8200. We'll go open lines here in our number three when we continue. Tucker Harlan has your top five at five. Gerard Mayo getting the Patriots job. Kalen DeBoer getting the Alabama job. They did not stay open long. Hmm.
3: Byrne actually did really – I mean, he landed he did good of, yeah yeah
1: uh, didn't let it drag on hey, this didn't thing it wasn't going tough. over the
3: week it wasn't gonna get ugly over the weekend <sighs> but if if this guy had just turned it down mm. or if he if, just wanted to wait till monday It would have gotten chaotic we would have had so much fun on social media this weekend we still can tennessee
1: kicking the tires on another five-star wide receiver and a five-star offensive lineman Perhaps getting set to commit to the Vols. A lot of smoke there. A lot of smoke around another five-star quarterback getting set to commit to Tennessee. Things are looking up. Good times. Things are looking up for Josh Heupel and the Vols. Stay with us. We've got a third hour of the drive. Headed your way next, right here on Fan Run Radio. The drive. Is your home's